of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. I have a lot of a lot of wrestler you voices, got a lot of voices, but it's because everybody voices. that works there has them. So you just kind of fall into it, right? Like any any employee at the WWE, when they get out of a meeting with Vince and speak to you, everything that Vince told them, they tell you in the Vince McMahon voice. The girls do it. The guys do it. They fall into the cadence. You'll just be talking to me like, yeah, but remember like Randy Savage and he'd be the inspiration of Vince. And you just, all of a sudden it's normal and nobody calls you on it. Nobody talks about it. It's just how everyone speaks there. And I never did it before I worked there. And I've never been able to stop doing it since I worked there. It's a podcast about podcasts. Welcome back to the pod club. Today, we have a very special pod club episode about wrestling, professional wrestling, that is. And I'll give you three guesses to figure out who that was in our opener. No, it is not Randy Savage or Ric Flair or The Rock. Yeah, I know a lot of wrestlers' names. It is none other than Freddie Prince Jr. Yes, 90s heartthrob Freddie Prince Jr., He's got a podcast now, and it just might be the most unexpected celebrity podcast that I've ever listened to. I truly did not see this one coming. No, Freddie is not making a rewatch show for I Know What You Did Last Summer or all of the Scooby-Doo movies, which I would listen to. Like I said, this is a show about wrestling, and it's called Wrestling with Freddie. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Wrestling with Freddie. The WWF is back, and I'm back with you. Hope you're ready to hear some WrestleMania stories. 
Now, stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling with Freddy, Freddy Prince Jr. Fun fact, Freddy is actually a big WWE fan, and he even wrote for the show. Freddie has a ton to share and so many great stories about how wrestling has factored into his life with his family, as an actor, and as a writer. I was very surprised to learn. I'm like, oh, you have a podcast about professional wrestling. That is not what I expected your podcast to be about. What did you think it was going to be about? I don't know. I mean, every... Every person who has ever worked in Hollywood for any amount of time now has a podcast about themselves. It's just that was an option. They, I'll bet it was. Yeah, tell me the options. Did they come to you and be like, "Do you just want to talk about you, Freddie Prince Jr.?" They, uh, I had a friend who worked at iHeart who heard me on ESPN Radio years ago. They would have me come on. And I would call in and eventually I started going in the studio. And eventually when someone was sick, they had me like co-host the show a little bit. And so she kept saying, oh, you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. And I was like, I do one with a stand-up comedian. He's my best friend, Josh Wolf. He makes me laugh. I don't have to say anything. And he does all the talking. And it's the greatest podcast in the world. And she said, how much money have you made? And I said, well, none. We've never tried to make money with it. I just like hanging out with my friend. And about a year later... LA got crazy during the pandemic. And so he moved and we killed the podcast, sadly. And uh, I ran into to Amy and she said, you know, what about that podcast? And I said, yeah, let's let's talk about it. Let's see what happens. And they sent me some options. Right. And mm-hmm. one was like, hey, you could get one of your co-stars from each of your movies and you guys could talk about the movies. And I said, well, that'll be hard because I've only seen three of the movies that I've ever been in. So I don't know. Like, how to, wait, I don't, wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm, I'm interrupting you. Which ones have you seen? I have seen, oh, that's going to be hard too. I saw one called Brooklyn Rules, which they changed the, oh no, they changed the name to Brooklyn Rules. That was with Scott Kahn and Jerry Ferrara. I've seen the first, I know what you did last summer. And I've seen a little independent movie called The House of Yes with Parker Posey. And that's it. Um, so I was like, I don't know if that would be the best the best one to talk about. And they sent some other options. One was like nerdy, like Dungeons and Dragons kind of stuff because mm. they saw I had a game channel. And that was interesting to me. And then the last one was wrestling. And I had never considered doing it. But I remember having done like a few interviews and people saying, hold on, dude, did I read you used to work for WWE? And the stories that would pop out were just crazy. Like everyone always thought I was lying. And then they would like ask somebody else who was there, like a pro resident, they'd be like, oh yeah, that's what happened. And so they were just wild stories. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it'll be time. I've been gone for 10 years now. Maybe it's time to share some of those stories and my philosophy on the business. Cause it's, it tends to be a lot different than, than most people's. So, uh, so yeah, so that's how it all came together. And I started doing it and I, I really had fun the very first time. And, uh, for the first time, I don't have anyone else to rely on. So uh, it's been a fun challenge that I've enjoyed. And I and I like telling stories. You know, there's an old saying, storytellers cut no wood. I like calluses about as much as the next guy. So so I like <laughs> telling stories. Also, I, wait, we have to back up for a second because you wrote for WWE. Another thing that I was very surprised to learn about you. How the heck did that happen? You know, I, I'm still not 100% sure. I know 
I know that I burn out pretty quick with, mm -hmm. with steadiness. Like I enjoyed when I was young, I really enjoyed making movies because it was, you know, three months and out, three months and out and you make good relationships and, and, and you have people that you want to stick with forever, but there's a, a, a stop date. I think it was Kathleen Turner who said a movie is a marriage with a guaranteed divorce that everybody's <laughs> in on. Um, and so when I did my TV series, about two thirds through it, I was really feeling it. So I, I was burning out on, on Hollywood at the time. And I went to go watch Ric Flair in his retirement match against Shawn Michaels mm. in Orlando, Florida. Mm -hmm. And I met this really awesome lady. She worked for WWE, still does. And uh, now she's a vice president. And she said, you need, to, you need to speak with Stephanie McMahon because you don't just crap all over the business. You have like a lot of ideas to, to fix the things you don't like. And I was kind of done. I, was, I had already walked away from the business. I didn't make like a big deal out of it. I didn't think I needed a publicity announcement. I just didn't want to do it anymore. I, lo I love that because it, you don't need one. No, right? you don't need, I always you felt don't like need a grand Jerry Maguire exit. When, when actors did that, I was always like, why are you telling everyone you're leaving? Like, <laughs> it, it was just always strange to me. So, uh, so anyway, I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll talk to Steph. And so I went to New York and I, I took the train up to Stamford, Connecticut. And I saw the old Titan Tower building where Hulk Hogan used to work out in the neon, in the neon light gym, right? And I met Steph, and she said the same thing that 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 Prouty said, uh, the, the Kristen Prouty, the woman I met at, at WrestleMania, and she said, "Oh my God, you need to speak to my dad because you won't be afraid to say no, but you'll you'll have ideas." And I said, "Okay, okay, I'll talk to Vince McMahon. That's awesome." <laughs> um, so I went into his office. We started chatting and he offered me a job in the room and I said, yes, it, it, you know, I didn't have a dad growing up. So the one kryptonite I have is when an old man calls me son mm. and uh, he looked, he goes, well, I, I think we could really use you here, son. And the moment he said that, I was just like, <laughs> I hadn't even spoken to my wife yet. I was like, yeah, yeah, man, I could do this. I'll do the job. And we shook hands right there. And I, I took the train home and I called Sarah and I said, hey, I'm going to. I'm going to work for WWE. I'm going to be out here in New York a while longer. And she was, there was this like two second pause and she goes, you're going to wrestle in the WWE. What's the matter with you? I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to be a wrestler. I'm going to, I'm going to write for, for him. And she's like, what are you talking about? You're going to write. And, uh, and I did. What's the craziest storyline you ever wrote for them? They were all crazy because your first idea, which is the good one gets rejected mm -hmm. Because they have 40 people making decisions there. So, you know, the idea from its infancy is never the child that you brought into the world because there's so many fingerprints on that child. Like it takes a village to raise a kid. It just takes one writer to write a scene. Like you don't need mm – -hmm. and it's the same in movies. People trash wrestling all the time. But the moment a script gets to an actor – to the to the time it's made it's a completely different script half the time because the studio has its notes and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's really really bad you don't need that many people who have never physically made a movie putting that mm -hmm. much input onto it sometimes it works but more often than not you end up with some crazy notes that you, a writer is struggling to 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 make work and the same thing in the wrestling business we would get to a production day and I would write what seemed like very simple, straightforward, the talent can do this based on their skill level, we can get this over. 
And by the time it's it's showtime, you know, suddenly they're putting the big show in it dressed up like Santa Claus in a seat that's gimmicked to break when he sits in it. And they're not going to tell him. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. This was a serious scene between two completely other people. Yeah, but this will be great. We're going to do this. So I'm just like, oh, my God. All right. What I really like about your show is peeling back the curtain on how much effort and really good writing and acting coaching goes in behind the scenes of of these shows which i think that's and i've wa- i've watched some professional wrestling my high school boyfriend i'm a 41 year old woman so <laughs> um you know very very familiar with your early work freddie and also my high school boyfriend was a big like ravishing rick rude yeah rick rude was yeah, the man rick rude fan and used to make me watch so much professional wrestling in his basement <laughs> that i took i took someone else to prom but i but i know i know a little bit of the language i i really liked when you talked about how you got first got into you first got into watching wrestling that it was for me it was my high school boyfriend for you it was your grandma yeah she's hard and your she grandma, was hardcore yeah and she and she thought it was real so she drives up to uh san juan she had this great cadillac right and uh, she gets a treatment, man. And I didn't know anything about my dad at this point. So I just thought my grandma was like the governor of Puerto Rico or something. So she gets to park right up front. And uh, this guy sits outside and he says, I'll watch the car. I didn't know that meant he was going to sit there the whole time. When we came out, he was in the same spot. And the dude watched the car. <laughs> like it was, she had, she had clout. So we go and we get right up close. And uh, we're there really early too, by the way. And they're putting a cage around the ring. And I'm, you know, eight years old, a third grader. And I asked my grandma, I said, oh, it's a steel cage match. You didn't tell me it was a steel cage match. She said, no, that's to keep the wrestlers safe. I said, what do you mean? She goes, to keep them safe from us. I said, what? And I didn't really understand until the show started. And the fans, any food that was brought was thrown all over these guys. And all they're doing is walk into the ring and it's not even a steel kit. They didn't, not one wrestler used the cage as a weapon. Like they're just having regular matches, but I'm watching the crowd almost as much. I'm like excited. Just talking about this right now, like shaking for real, like adrenaline. I'm watching the crowd as much as I am the matches because this was, it was a little scary for me. And uh, so we go back home and we're watching wrestling. She said, did you like it? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And I would wrestle with her. She was the first person to ever hit me with a, with a Ric Flair chop. And she hit hard, man. She's a tough Puerto Rican girl. She used to wrestle with me? So, yeah. So she's, pa- she's passed on now. She's wrestling in, in heaven or hell or wherever mm-hmm. she ended up. She was hardcore, man. Like, it, my mom used to send me out there. And my grandma didn't like my mom. Mm-hmm. And by the time she died, not a lot of people liked my grandma. She was a tough old woman, and she loved her son. And when she lost her son, which no parent should have to go through, it messed her up bad. So she could never speak ill of my father, and she wouldn't allow anyone to speak ill of him, even if it was honest and truthful. Um, So wrestling was a big way her and I clicked. And we sat down, and we watched a match. And I had never seen a wrestling match. And to see an adult legitimize it so much made it even more real to me so even if something didn't look 100 percent real i'm like yo if she's buying it it's my job to buy it too because that's mm-hmm. a grown-up what they tell you is the truth <laughs> or so we think 
And uh, yeah, <laughs> so so she that. took me to my first match after we watched for for a while. Um, I w- I started watching over a Christmas break and then summer vacation when I went back out there. She took me to my first match in San Juan, which was like an hour drive from where she lived in a little town called Boqueron. And my first taste of a live match was a match in Puerto Rico, which is not the same kind of match that I've experienced anywhere else in the world. Not that I've seen a match in every country, but I've seen them all over. And the Puerto Ricans were crazy. They were throwing their 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 beers on the bad guys. They call them heels. Um, they, we call them antagonists or baddies. Mm-hmm. They were throwing their food, harder money that they spent, their hard-earned money, food that wasn't even eaten yet. They were throwing their food at them. Uh, my grandma said sometimes they throw batteries at the bad guys if the bad guys would win. They would try to rush the, the ring, and that's why they put in the cage. I'm a kid. I'm like, am I going to get trampled? Like, what is going on? <laughs> it was really, really intense. But it became more real to me, so much so that in the sixth grade, it was 1988, this kid, Ray Garcia, and I love Ray. That's why I'm saying his name. I'm not trying to crap on the guy. I feel bad about this. But he told me that wrestling was fake and that Ric Flair wasn't wasn't a good fighter. And mm-hmm. I didn't have a dad. So all these men were like father figures to me, right? So if you spoke mm-hmm. ill of Ric Flair, that was that was your ass. You know, my godfather was Bob Wall. He didn't teach me how to throw a football. He taught me how to whip a quarterback's ass. Like that's the guy to train mm-hmm. Bruce Lee when Bruce came to America. So Ray got punched in the face and he fell down and I put him in Ric Flair's finisher, the figure four leg lock. And I didn't (laughs) know what it would do. And so when I pushed down, it broke his ankle at the foot, at the ankle joint. And I felt his, I felt it break and I, I I felt his foot go wobbly and it freaked me out. And I jumped up. I was like, no, I was like, Oh God. And he's crying. And all these kids are like, Whoa, it's real. Oh my God. It's real. And they run off and told on me. And I got sent home from school and my mom's like, what'd you do? And he said it was fake. And my mom literally is like, well, he knows it's not now. So again, it was legitimized to me by an adult that it was real. And, And I tell that story to let people know how, how prominent wrestling was in my life. Because I loved all those characters so much. And I only loved the bad guys. I never liked the good guys. Because the good guys played by the rules. And they would lose matches because the bad guy Mm. would, you know, poke the ref in the eye. And then, you know, punch the guy in the balls and pin him one, two, three. And I was like, wow, these guys get away with whatever they want. And my mom was strict. So I didn't. So I always clicked with the bad guys. And that's why I kind of had the reactions I did as a little boy. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You're you're a great storyteller. You make me laugh. But it's also teaching me things about wrestling and the world of wrestling and this whole universe that I never knew. And I I like podcasts that 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 teach me stuff. You guys also mentioned on the Macaulay Culkin uh, podcast that you know what was your what was your gateway wrestler, your gateway storyline, how you first got into wrestling. So much as you guys discussed your your gateway wrestlers on this podcast, we like to talk about your gateway podcast, the podcast that got you listening to podcasts. What podcast like really got you to like this medium? Well, it was really just one and it Mm -hmm. was a true crime podcast. And it was, I don't remember the name of the, of the guy because it wasn't a regular podcast. It was just a journalist who told a story over six episodes. And it Mm -hmm. was about the, uh, the Senator in Alaska whose plane vanished and they thought that it could have been based on some of the decisions he was going to make and the ways he was going to vote that it could have been a hit job and mm. uh so i i started listening to that and i'd always been into like those sexy kind of documentaries like the billy corbin type document cocaine oh, cowboys yeah. and that kind of stuff who doesn't love that so yeah. i didn't even know there were podcasts in that space i was literally listening i think to i was listening to like Colin Cowherd on iHeartRadio, I think is what it was. And there, I heard a commercial for that and I was like, Oh, let me, let me check this out. And I didn't even go back to Colin Cowherd. I just binged all six episodes of this story about this Alaska Senator who was lost in, you know, over a a strange mountain range in like Western Alaska. And, uh, that's kind of what got me in. And then from there, a lot of stand-up comics had me doing their podcasts and mm-hmm. I hated listening to anything I do. Same way I don't want to watch anything I've been in. 
So, uh, so, so once I started doing podcasts with, with those guys and girls and, and having fun, I would only do podcasts with comics because they would just crack me up. And it's always a cool mm-hmm. way to reconnect with my father's life and, and that kind of thing. And then I just kind of got the bug for it after that and seeing how much fun they have. And so I was like, man, I'm going to do that too. So that, that's, that's all it came from. I have never heard of this uh pod this true crime podcast i just looked it up it's missing in alaska that was the name of it close your eyes picture alaska what do you see mountains snow waves do you feel cold alone somewhere in that expanse lies the wreckage of a missing cessna and the bodies of four men including two U.S. congressmen. Their disappearance on October 16, 1972, prompted the largest search in American history, a search that spanned 39 days and covered 325,000 square miles. Yet no sign of the men or their plane ever surfaced. No oil slick, no wreckage, nothing, ever. This story is one of the great mysteries of American history, but you've probably never heard of it, and that's okay. Even in 1972, it vanished from the headlines within weeks. A nation consumed with Watergate and Vietnam quickly moved on. For the families of the men, of Congressman Hale Boggs and Nick Begich, pilot Don Johns, and political aide Russ Brown, it was a slower process. Without a wreck, there were no definitive answers, no closure. 11 children, including the journalist Cokie Roberts and future U.S. Senator Mark Begich, lost their fathers. The description is like a like a like an 80s graphic novel descript- describer, yes. and it, it makes me feel like I'm going to read a comic book instead of listen to a podcast. Also, like it's like Hale Boggs is clearly it's a, comic book a character that. Or that Bruce Willis would have played. (laughs) Sure. Right? It's like like Jack McClane. He needs the double syllable, Uh, though. He always has to have the double syllable. You're so right. You're so right. So, But I like that you started doing these comedy podcasts because your dad was a comedian. Yeah. 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 And that's where the junior comes. He was also named Freddie Prince, right? Yeah. And he was a big-time comic. He had the number one show in the country in 1975. He had just stolen the uh, Caesars Palace gig from Bill Cosby. Screw Bill Cosby. Glad my dad guy. probably knew what a piece of crap he was. And that's why he undercut him and got the gig. Um, but yeah, so it was always a way. I mean, I grew up in, com- I was 12 years old. I was going to comedy clubs. I wasn't legally allowed to, but all the owners loved my daddy. So they so they would let me in and I would, <laughs> I would sit in the back. I would bring spiral notebooks that were meant to be my homework. And I would write down the comedian's jokes as fast as I could. People like, <laughs> like, uh, everybody from Paul Mooney, Richard, Richard Pryor, who discovered my dad. So he was always really good to me. Uh, Elaine Boozler, Chris Titus, all, all these like legends. Right. And I would write their jokes down and then I would put stars next to the jokes, depending on how loud the audience laughed. I was like the 13 year old judging jokes basically. And uh, <laughs> years later in my forties, I still have all those journals and I gave one of them to Chris Titus. I was like, yo man, these are jokes you told in 1991 
And these are how the audience reacted to it. And he was like, are you kidding me? This We put this joke on my show, Titus, on Fox back in whatever. I was like, yeah, I remember it. So it's it was always a cool way for me to kind of connect to my pops. And I've always had a soft spot for, for comics and wrestlers because I feel that's the hardest form of show business. You know, there's such an instant, raw reaction. If I make a movie, I got nine months to decide how I feel Mm -hmm. before you ever tell me whether you liked it or didn't. And if I'm not pleased with something, no matter how happy you are, it's not going to make me feel any better. And if I'm pleased with something, no matter how much trash you talk, it won't make me feel any worse. But with wrestling and comedy, if they're not laughing, they're not laughing at you. And you and it's instant. And that joke died. Your match, if they're not into it, it's it's because of you. And it's it's instant. Like musicians can't even make this claim because they know the song. They're not freestyling a song up there. So wrestlers and comics freestyle all the time. And to me, wrestling was always the literal translation of blood, sweat, and tears on a literal canvas. And that to me is the best example of art and an artist in show business. I don't listen personally to a ton of comedy podcasts. Can you recommend a couple that you love that I should be listening to? Yeah, you should listen to Adam Ray's. Um, oh, I think it's okay. ALN about last night. He always has mm-hmm. great guests on there. He just had Sandra Bullock on and uh, and she doesn't do a lot of podcasts and she killed. But uh, that would be the first one that I throw at you. Sunday Papers is a great one. That's uh, Brian Fitzpatrick's. Uh, what else? Mark Norman and uh, and Joe List have one called tu- Tuesday Mornings, I think is what it's called. And then uh, Chris Stefano and Sal Volcano have one called Hey Babe, which is the stupidest of all of them. And if you're just wanting to listen to two assholes that are way dumber than you, but will make you laugh, you should listen to that. It's very funny. A quick refresh? Why do you have it in a Tupperware? No, it's in just tinfoil, but I was afraid it was going to melt. That is legit the same Tupperware I give my five-year-old daughter for school every day. What are you saying? Say say it again. Tupperware? Say it again, slow. Tupperware? Slow, very slow. Say the first syllable. Tub. Wrong. What do you mean wrong? I thought I caught that. You're You're throwing bees at me. It's bees, Peas, babe. What are you talking about? Tupperware. Tupper. It's Tupper? It's Tupper, babe. It always has been, always will be. Yeah. Did you know that, Pimp, that it was Tupper? I thought it was Tupperware because no. it kind of looks like a tub. You know, that makes total sense. So you're saying my whole life, I have a clinical doctorate degree in physical therapy. Yeah. I've been walking up to people yeah. and saying, do you have Tupperware? Tupperware. Or can I take that home with some Tupperware? Yeah, Tupper. Yeah, like Flubber. I yeah, it's, it's Tupper. Uh, this was awesome. This was so much fun. Thanks. Go listen to Wrestling with Freddie. I am partial to the Macaulay Culkin episode, but there's plenty of other options out there for you. As a reminder, the other shows we suggested today are Missing in Alaska and Hey Babe with Chris Stefano and Sal Vocano. You've got your wrestling, you've got your crime show, you've got your comedy. What more do you need? Well, once you finish those, you're going to need more podcasts. So I'll see you next week with even more recommendations. Happy listening. The Pod Club is hosted by me, Joe Piazza. Our executive producers are 
me again, and Emily Marinoff. Our producers are Mary Dew and Darby Masters. Our associate producer is Lauren Phillip. Our theme and additional music was composed by Aaron Kaufman. Aaron Kaufman is also our consulting producer. And special thanks to Nikki Itor, who is just a wonderful human being who I like to thank at the end of episodes. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.